It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. And now I'm joined by right-handed pitcher Stephen Valines, who spent most of his season at Binghamton. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. What's up, Steve? How are you doing? Hey, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Yeah, so just a, a few quick questions. Um, after this season where you had a, a 1.20 ERA in 45 innings down in Binghamton, what were some of the, the adjustments you made throughout the season to kind of become that effective? Uh, yeah, I mean, beginning of the year, uh, I was able to get off to a good start got up to Syracuse and then uh, hit a couple speed bumps, we'll say, and then uh, got sent back to Binghamton to kind of figure out some stuff. So I think the main key to finish the season strong was definitely my off speed and just the command of the off speed and the command of the fastball. Um, I felt like kind of during the middle of the year, I wasn't quite able to throw a pitch exactly where I wanted, where I've been able to do that before. So it was kind of just uh, figuring out the mechanical issues and kind of getting back in rhythm. Uh, and then that also helped my fastball location, uh, able to elevate in the zone or go a little further in just a little bit. Um, so just kind of a, a relaxing point and finding a good balance with my mechanics. Yeah, for sure. Um, so from the start when you got drafted and being able to reach AAA this season, what were some of the progressions you've made from the time that you got drafted to now? Probably just back to uh, repeating my delivery really well. That was kind of the the main point. It helped me with my accuracy and just throwing strikes and kind of putting the pressure on the hitter. And then also, again, the development of uh, my off speed. So I was able to work off my fastball a little bit better. So I'll, uh, that part and also just the mentality level that when you're around a bunch of guys at a high level and they kind of challenge you to – to get to where they're at and it's kind of fun to be on that competition level so everything just the surroundings and then just the uh the tweaks with the off speed i'd say yeah well being in uh big league camp uh this past spring training did you did you take some some advice from certain guys like certain guys that you were around to kind of bring it into the season uh yeah for sure uh especially the beginning part you're you're facing a bunch of guys from uh some of the starters, some of the uh, bench player guys, you're facing them during inner squads and all that. So I was able to pick some of their minds and ask what they thought about a certain pitch, certain count. And uh, I mean, we had we had a bunch of veterans there like Rajah Davis and uh, Danny Espinosa, a couple guys I was able to talk to a lot. So especially with all their knowledge, they're very helpful with kind of guiding a younger guy like me. And um a lot of the other developmental stuff was kind of just watching. I mean, obviously, the Mets have some of the best pitchers in baseball right now, so kind of just observing them from uh, the sideline was a great experience. Yeah, for sure. So in regards to your mechanics and your arm slot, uh, how did you develop kind of that sidearm below three-quarter release point throughout your career? Yeah, um, in high school, I, I was definitely up more. I was probably more three-quarters always a little bit to the side. And then as I got into college, 
I was able to kind of mess around and drop my body a little bit, drop the arm a little bit more. And uh, the coaches were very supportive there at uh, University of Kansas. So we worked on it, found a good slot that worked and was able to ride it through. Yeah, for sure. After after high school, I saw I saw I read something where it said that you didn't have any real Division One offers. I was wondering if at any point that kind of discouraged you that uh, if you thought that maybe you weren't going to be able to make it to a certain level and just kind of how did that, how did that work out for you? Uh, yeah, going, going through high school, I, I, as you said, I didn't really have too many offers. So uh, I verbally was talking to the community coach uh, by my place in California, Saddleback College. And uh, my brother had gone there before, so I kind of uh, hadn't known the coach a little bit. So I told him I was interested. And uh, next thing out of nowhere, kind of, I was able to get in touch with Coach Price at University of Kansas. And he offered me a walk-on spot. And it's pretty hard to say no, especially when you're going to play in the Big 12, play against some big schools. Uh, I mean, Kansas is obviously an amazing school. And a great opportunity. So uh, I was pretty fortunate in how all that unfolded for me. And it was awesome. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And at what point did you realize while you there, while you were at Kansas, did you realize that you actually had the potential to become a professional baseball player? Uh, I mean, my like freshman and sophomore years, I was able to, especially my freshman year, we had a really good team and I was able to see a couple guys get drafted and because I didn't have the, those kind of looks outside of high school or anything like that, uh, I was kind of unfamiliar with it. So seeing all those guys and seeing how kind of like you are at that next step kind of deal, uh, it's pretty cool. But it wasn't really until my junior year when those thoughts kind of like, oh, wait, it's kind of like I'm up now. This could happen. Yeah. Um, and then junior year went by, had some talks, but didn't, uh, didn't get selected or anything. And then enjoyed my senior year. And I was a... Uh, lucky enough that a couple teams were uh, still interested yeah for sure as um pertaining to just kind of your your growing up did you have a, a favorite baseball team or even a player that you kind of looked at to for like as an influencer or as a role model um I definitely did uh definitely not gonna like the answer but it was the Yankees um I had okay. my <laughs> older brother who definitely influenced uh just how I how I played and definitely uh, got me interested in playing the game at a young age because he was playing, my sister was playing softball, I wanted to be like them. And, I mean, the Yankees were hot at that time, obviously, so kind of fell in, watched them a lot. But as far as, like, players growing up, I really liked A.J. Burnett. He was always a competitor the way he went out there. And I'm pretty sure at one point he, I think he, like, punched the door or something and broke his hand because he was so yeah. upset how he threw. But, uh, I mean, that, that guy's... That guy's a true competitor, and you kind of want to, when you're on the mound, moder, moder, you'll model yourself, sorry, uh, after those guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, so your your career uh, at, at this point, career strikeout per nine innings is over 11. How does your approach change when you actually have two strikes on a batter, and, and what's your go-to pitch to strike them out? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd say definitely hurt that, uh, that ratio this year. but. Uh, <laughs> um, I would say probably just expanding the zone a little bit. If earlier in that at bat, if your idea was to go in on them and you showed them in and they didn't, you kind of saw they were uncomfortable. Maybe when you get two strikes, go a little extra up, a little extra in on them. Just 
because now they're already thinking they already got that called on them. So it's kind of how you set up that hitter. If he looks bad on on a certain pitch, maybe you want to double down on that one and uh, kind of bury it more than the, the pitch before. So it's just more expanding the zone and making sure you don't beat yourself. Yeah, I got you on that one. Um, so just now that now that you're in the off season, is there anything in particular that you're trying to work on, and do you also have any goals going into next season? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say probably most important is just physically make sure um, putting myself in a spot going into spring training to where I can compete right away and fight for a spot, and make sure. I mean, it's it's a long year. Uh, just the minor league season itself. Obviously, the major league season is. Uh, extra long, but it's a long season, so making sure that I'm putting myself in a good spot to uh, stay healthy and be able to go out there as many times as needed. So I'd say just the physical standpoint, and then the main focus will be just consistency on all pitches. Yeah, yeah. Um, so off the field, is there anything that you actually like doing off the field where it's what where you can kind of relax and and take your mind off baseball? Uh, yeah, I'd like to. Uh, I like playing ping pong a lot. Um gotten okay i definitely i need a hard paddle not a soft paddle but uh <laughs> play, like to play ping pong i mean I'm, I'm into movies video games um i've been trying to read but it's tough to sit down and read a book but uh listen to some audio audiobooks and podcasts and that kind of stuff yeah and we hear we hear a whole bunch of stories about kind of how minor leaguers go go through it and how sometimes you have even like four or five guys living together. Do you, do you have any like crazy stories about about being in there in the minors? Um, oh, let's see. I I've spent a couple uh this past season and in the season before I was uh living in the living room um just on a, on a mattress and stuff. You kind of it helps out everybody. You pay a little bit less than a couple of guys, but at the same time, you're splitting rent between four or five guys and uh, everyone's paying kind of cheap. So, yeah, you kind of got to figure out some grinder stuff to do. As far as getting to the field, you want to carpool. You uh, you just kind of want to do things together because everyone's in the same spot. Everyone understands what everyone's getting paid. It's not much. Um, so I think that also kind of helps everybody kind of stick together and helps people uh, relate more. Yeah. and um. So yeah, going into going into next season, uh, what do you think a part of your uh, about your game or a skill set that you have? Do you think is going to be able to translate to the major league level if you do get that call? Uh, I'd say just having the unique arm slot is definitely going to be my key. We'll see, we see a bunch of guys. I mean, if you look in the playoffs right now, everybody's throwing close to 100 miles an hour. And while I, I, I wish I could do that, but that's that's just not what I bring to the table. Yeah. But uh, definitely bring just a different look and just talking with a couple guys who have been around. And like I said earlier, during last year's spring training, they're like, yeah, every time I see a guy with a different arm slot, I get thinking a little bit more. It kind of gets in my head. It's it's an uncomfortable at bat. So just kind of taking that mindset with me. And uh, if I can just attack a hitter and keep them on their toes and then get them early, then uh, I think I can get some some bad swings and some uncomfortable at bats. Yeah, definitely. All right, Stephen. Thank you for taking the time out to speak with me about your experiences throughout the season. Hey, thanks for having me on, Alan.